have not been doing the right things. There is no reason why we should be paying $400 and $60 to park to go see the Stones or any other fucking band. There's no reason why we should be paying $25 to an already inflated fucking airline ticket when, you know, there's no reason, you know, Disney loses $6 billion. You know what, Disney? Suck my motherfucking dick. <laughs> You've been charging 140 to go into that place for fucking ever. Now you're dying? Suck my dick. You were living high on the hog. All these motherfuckers are living high on the hog. Dog, I grew up in fucking Nick Games. Nick Games, I'm sorry. I went to Nick Games. I went to fucking Yankee. I won the, the, the Met Games. I went to concerts. $10. Now, the cheapest fucking Laker game is $200. The cheapest Laker ticket is $190. There's no the fucking air conditioner with a bunch of runaways and shit. That's what you're trying to fucking tell me? Since day one, I've been talking about this podcast, about the abuse on the American family, how a family of four cannot even afford to fucking go on a vacation anymore because they rob you at every fucking length. So Disney lost $6 million. Go fuck yourself. You can't even bring water into the park. So they could charge you $7 for their fucking water. Remember they wanted to kick you out for the edible? Seven fucking dollars, the movie theater. For a fu Why should it cost me 50 fucking dollars to go to a goddamn movie theater? $7 for a fucking soda. Guys, last time I checked, I'm an econ mage. It's fucking a nickel for the syrup and the cup. And they're charging you seven fucking dollars. That's a 300,000% fucking markup. So you know what? Fuck the movie theaters. Fuck AMC. Fuck Regal. Fuck all these motherfuckers that have been taking our money for the last 10 years and laughing in our face. Yeah, that's how I currently feel too. <laughs> Anyways. So I'm trying to climb out of this depression. Considering I've been laid off. It's been like, what, two weeks now? Oh, it's really bad, guys. Really bad. I mean, okay. So, March 15th, I published a podcast. Right? It was a pretty, you know, my first real authentic one. Um... I'm outside, by the way, because it's one oh, no, it's 2 o'clock in the morning while I'm recording this. People are sleeping. I've had a couple drinks, so I decided, why not? Fuck it. Record something. Do something. March 15th, I recorded that podcast. Three days later, March 18th, my girlfriend, I live with my girlfriend. They took me in. After lots of, you know, I was homeless for a bit. Found her and then she took me in. Well, my life was getting back together again. <laughs> and, um, her mom loses her job. March 18th, her mom loses her job on the morning of March 18th. I remember that Wednesday pretty well. Pretty, pretty fucking well. And then we have to, we get our call from our bosses. I'm 
I'm like, what? My boss calls me, her boss calls her. You know? Well, it was just a standard meeting for me. But then I go ahead and I go catch up with my girlfriend. We finally go up and get to her place, and her boss lets me join in on the meeting. I'm like, okay. I go in there, <laughs> and they just do everything they can to fire this girl. One accusation after the other, after the other, up to the fourth one. The fourth one stuck to them at least. And then, alright, fine, you're fired. You just admitted to come to work sick. You're negligent, they said. You're negligent, therefore you're fired. Gone. What you did? Then two days later, on the 20th of March, I'm still working. So I'm two people left paying income in this house. I mean, we're a paycheck to paycheck family here. I'm still working, and the younger brother's still working. I'm like, holy shit, there's a lot more on my shoulders than I thought. But, alright, we'll get through this. Then my whole house shuts down. For good reasons, of course. I'm not, I don't blame them. I think they were the correct thing to do. Definitely the correct thing to do. My boss spoke to a lot of the people in, the, in Key Largo and in the Keys. He has connections and he spoke to many hotels there and they all told him the truth. Yeah. You know, it's a cesspool down here with the COVID-19. We're all closing down. And yeah, they're all coming up, up north now. We're the gateway to the Keys. Where do you think those people are going to go? Huh? They're going to stay in our hotels. Like I said, I work in the top hotels in my area. Top hotels in my area. We knew for sure we were going to get clientele. And we saw the reservations coming. I saw them after, because I worked at night audit. I saw them piling up. I saw them. By the time my shift ended, more reservations coming up. This is surprising. Surprising as fuck to all of us. We were like, what the fuck? Wait a minute. Business has been really bad. Cancellations up the window now all of a sudden. Now all of a sudden, there's people coming in here. Making reservations. Going online, making reservations. What's going on? The manager made the good call. He called them and let them know it. I asked him, what is the tea? And they told him. And he said, alright. Well, I don't want any of my, uh, my employees to get sick. I'm closing my shit down. And yeah, it scared the fuck out of me. Still scared the fuck out of me. I haven't been working. The moment I stopped working, I felt lost because... I know how much... This family needs me now. <sighs> no, there's only one person left working in the comp in the fucking family.
the complete household is going to be unemployed now by tomorrow April 2nd <laughs> my youngest brother-in-law I call him my brother-in-law at this point will be unemployed job already told them we're closing down shop we have to There are 40 cases in Homestead, Florida. Homestead, Florida. Every rural area in Homestead. I mean, in Florida. I'm sorry. That's the drink talking. Very rural. It's not, it's not that, you know, it's not metropolitan at all. It's starting to become much more industrialized, I guess. But it's farm countries from as far as, you know, Miami's concerned. Okay. Well. 40 cases. My girlfriend and I called, this was on March 20th, at the after, I had just learned the information my boss told us. Had called the city mayor of Florida City and of Homestead, Florida. The police department of both Homestead, Florida and of Florida City. To let them know the situation. Let them know you must do whatever power you can. Use your authority. Close these business down for at least a week. Just give them a week. Give them a week. Tell them you, you have to understand the situation. This is a pandemic, guys. A week. The Homestead Police Department. Definitely. It seems you can. The Homestead Police Department definitely care. She kept transferring us to people and, you know, trying to see what she can, but there were some hotels, obviously, that were just out of her jurisdiction. You know, that's why they call Florida City. And then the Florida City cops all laughed, laughed like it was funny. And now look at us. You know what's really sad, guys? that I know I have the COVID-19 virus already. I'm just inoculated by now. So is my girlfriend. We all, everyone in my hotel, I mean, most people there who were working got really sick. Really, really sick the last week of February. It was horrible. I got really, really sick. So did my girlfriend. Many of the front desk clerk as well very sick, especially those who are a lot older than I am. Very sick. Many complained of the, you know, I had, I remember, I was being relieved, but one of the, one of the, one of the other, you know, people who normally works other shifts, and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm coming, for, I'm covering for, you know, the person's coming here to relieve you because of the fact that, you know, here, read the text message yourself, and I read the text messages. And she's begging, please come in for me this morning. I can't come in to work. I have to go to the hospital. I, I, I don't feel well. And I just, it's really hard for me to breathe. Really hard for me to breathe. <laughs> I remember feeling the same way <laughs> in the middle of work. 
I almost passed out. Thank, thank God it was during the time when I wasn't alone. You know, I worked the night shift again, night audit. It's the same stupidity. We all haven't been tested yet. None of us have. They all went to the hospital. I don't have insurance, so I couldn't really go. But they all went. Everyone else who had insurance went. They all didn't get tested. None of them did. None of them did because there's no tests. But we knew about the coronavirus already arriving at the United States of America by that time. In my previous podcast, I talked about how Korea handled the situation. Ten, they tested 10,000, you know, because 10,000 people per day. The reason I bring them up is because they got the same cases and all that, and, and the virus entered the country roughly at the same time that we, that we experienced it here in the United States, roughly around the same time. So they are a great case study for us. First world country, highly industrialized. Actually a little poorer than us, but very industrialized. <sighs> 10,000 people a day were tested. Wow. They tested 4,000 people per capita, it just turns out. Meanwhile in the United States, four. Four people per capita. That's four for every million people, person. There's no tests going around. We don't know how many people here have the virus. And already, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis finally, finally declared. All right, I'm shutting the state down. Finally. After being Trump's little bitch for all of this time. Okay, I'm shutting this shit down, he said. Okay, good. Very, very good. A little too late, in my opinion. They're predicting what? Dr. Fauci went ahead and did a final, you know, did a... Finally, we had a press conference. It was a scientific press conference about much of Donald Trump's intrusions, and I'm so disappointed in, in everything. He predicts what? At conservatively, a hundred thousand Americans are gonna die. Okay, within the next two weeks. Within the next two weeks, from April first. Okay. And I wish it was an April Fool's joke. Joke. Bitch, I gotta stop drinking. <laughs> it's just hard. It's hard to not. It's hard to not try not to go crazy. A hundred thousand people. He's predicting. It's not going to be a hundred thousand people. It's going to be way more than that. Way more people are going to be dying. He said, he said, at most, 240, that's what they're predicting, and they, they tried to justify it in the press conference. Saying, oh, well, most of these statistics are from California and New York, so, you know, this is highly inflated. Try to make the outliers argument. Oh, this is, you know, outliers pull the average. Which they do. Unfortunately, the United States of America is a very mobile country. I had people from Michigan coming all the way 
Don't tell me how me. Don't tell me anything at all that those people from Michigan were bringing the virus and the people from here were bringing the virus over there. Same thing. Yeah, I know statistics work and all that. They have a point, yeah. There's many cases in New York, many cases in San Francisco, many cases in, in all of California. Yeah, that's gonna pull the average up. Yeah, that's true. I understand that. But what about Florida? Most of Florida has not been tested. Well, most of California hasn't been tested. Most of New York hasn't been tested. <laughs> right? This is a sad reality about the situation. But don't worry, guys. This new uh, bill they passed, the CARE Act, has got you covered. Actually, no, it wasn't the CARE Act. It was the uh, one right just before that. I don't remember it. What they said was phase two of the uh, what the government needs to do to combat the virus. The families, families first act or something like that. Google it. That one gets you the protection saying the coronavirus testing is free for you guys. Alright, so the government will pay for that. Alright, <laughs> right, there's going to be socialism for that part. It's, but where are the tasks? Where are the fucking tasks? Nowhere to be found. Nowhere. They're all gone. As far as I'm concerned. 10,000 people a day. South Korea. A, a country with a GDP much smaller than ours. We're, it's such an embarrassment to think about. Oh well. What about this new act? The CARE Act. Corona Aid Relief. Whatever the fuck act. Well, it's most, mostly a corporate bailout. Of course. You know. Title One, Keeping American Workers Paid Unemployed Act. The first provision of it includes the records protections, right? And how they wanted to do it is they're going to go ahead and they're going to, they created what's called a Paycheck Protection Loan Program, right? And with Which has around $349 billion. I think that's what it was, $349 billion. And what that's going to allow them to do is going to be able to cover from February 15th all the way to June 30th any of the business expenses that they, that, that business has been, have been affected right if you, your business your your business has been tried by this coronavirus COVID-19 okay apply for this loan the whole point is to keep the workers employed right it's going to help keep, you know, benefits rolling. If you, or you have benefits for your, come, your fucking workers, okay, you have to continue giving them the, those benefits, alright? Here's the loan for that. 
right? But you do have to give them PTO for at least two weeks, which is the past law, right? We'll, we'll give you the money for that, right? This loan is forgivable. Don't fucking worry about it. It's cool, all right? The main thing they wanted to address in this Paycheck Protection Loan Program was the payroll costs, the, continua- the continuation of health care benefits, if you have any, for your employees, okay, if you have any. Employee compensation, all right, of those making less than 100K, all right, and this is the fourth one, mortgage interest and obligations, rent, utilities, and the seventh one is interest on debt incurred before the covered period. See, but the last provisions, four, five, six, and seven, mortgage interest, obligations, rent, utilities, and interest debt occurred, all that's for the business. The other part's about you and me, right? They call these SBA loans, so it greatly expanded the SBA loan eligibility. That's what, that's what the first part of Title I of the CARE Act is, okay? The first part. Second part of Title I just continues on, you know. The, the legislation just expands the number of businesses that are eligible for SBA loans. And I said that the interest rates may not exceed over 4% in any given period during, during what they've outlined. Remember, these loans, these SBA loans are still forgivable. You know, they incentivize them by saying, look, you don't fire your employees, you keep them on the payroll from March 15th through this period, all the way through this period that they've outlined. Then don't worry, you can this is basically free money we're giving it to you the debt can be forgiven we'll forgive it we'll waive it as long as you keep, keep your employees on the payroll that was their incentive okay that's the way the United States of America decided to keep the American labor force secure They went ahead and waived some regulations regarding, you know, some businesses with less than 1,000 employees, specifically within, you know, within the food industry and, and in my industry, accommodations. <laughs> they, they go on ahead and Give a whole bunch of provisions of loan forgiveness. This is Title V in the CARE Act, guys. I just want you to read the act yourself. You need to do this. You need to be an informed citizen. If you can, I know now is a great time to actually be an active citizen and read these things if you can. You got a computer, you got a phone, Google the CARE Act and read through it. It's public information if you can. Don't trust what CNN's saying. Don't go through what CNN's saying. None of that, no. Read it yourself. Read it yourself. It's there. Alright? Title Seven of it gives the United States Treasury Program Management Authority. Alright? So the Department of Treasury is able to expand on the provisions even more. 
So they're able to give out even more money if they need to to these businesses. Again, what what are the protections about us? The only way they thought about protecting us at all was through loans, forgivable loans. We're still dependent on our employers, most of whom, a lot of them, are incentivized to fire us the moment we need to go back to work, let's be honest. We are a burden to their supply chain. That's why they fired my girlfriend, why they fired a whole bunch of people, why they fired my mother-in-law, why they did all that. We know that's the case. We know that's true. All right? Employers are going to do what their businesses are going to do what they're going to do. And this act was supposed to, what, mitigate that? Okay. It was a corporate bailout. A whole bunch of money given out to the airline companies. Disney World over here asking for help. <laughs> As mentioned earlier in the podcast by Joey Diaz. <sighs> you know, there's some subsidies from certain loan payments. That's, you know, if you want to go out and skip the child... Title 10, it goes to bankruptcy, and Title 9 goes into the subsidies for certain loans. It does this, you know, the Small Business Act, and all that, Title 5 and the Small Business Act, you know. And that's gonna, and that's the important part, is that they're trying to protect the American worker by by using some supply-side logic as much as they can in, in, during a crisis where the markets have demonstrated to, to have failed. All right? The markets have demonstrated to not be functional during a crisis. They just don't work well. Okay, a pandemic is a fucking crisis. This virus is a crisis, period. It's a crisis because it's a brand new virus. Therefore, the vast majority of the population is completely susceptible to getting it. None of us have immunity to it as of yet, unless you catch it and you survive it. Okay? <laughs> it's a virus, guys. It's a virus. I just can just consistently see the failures of government. And where is the opposition party? Silent. Silent. Kamala Harris proposed a six hundred dollar uh, universal some some form of universal basic income. Six hundred dollars. Mitt Romney from Utah, the Republican, said a thousand. See, these Republicans like giving up money, like socialism, in times of need, huh? Why are Democrats so such pussies about it? I mean, they're the ones who always get called socialists anyways. Bitch, if I'm getting called a socialist, I'm going to act like one at that point. When my people need me, I'm going to act like one for sure. Nope. Seems like the Republicans are. Look, they passed the the largest stimulus package ever passed by any governing body in world history. By a Republican administration. 
Republican-run Senate and a rather pathetic Democratic House. And if you want to go ahead and wonder why the Democratic Party is the way it is, weak, subservient to a right-wing power, then I guess let's wait for me to sober up so we can go ahead and talk about the Clintons and what they've done to lessen the power of the people and strengthen the power of business and created the one-party system that the United States government has. Gore Vidal called it the party of property. Noam Chomsky calls it the party of business. Both say at the same point. Two different factions. Some more liberal on social issues. Some more conservative and more reactionary on social issues. More religious. Race baiting. You know, more concerned about gay rights. You know, stuff like that. The little things. Not the things that help people in their material lives and everything else. We're going to discuss that when I'm better. When I'm in a better mood. And when I'm not drunk. <laughs> Hopefully this podcast wasn't depressing. You have to realize, guys, the government's main job, and they've been saying it all this time for like, what, centuries now, is to protect us. We spend time here trying to be active citizens, calling senators and congressmen people. I called my, called, I called Senator Marco Rubio, I don't know how many times already, he's my senator. I called Senator Rick Scott. Plenty of times, because he's you know he's he, remember he's the he's the governor of, of he was the former governor of Florida. Motherfucker has dealt with state emergencies. Motherfucker knows how to deal with them, doesn't he? Right? Is he only good for hurricanes? Apparently, yes, he is. Right? <laughs> guys, I mean, what, you keep you guys keep saying price gouging, price gouging. I mean, no, I'm sorry. You all went in there for the for to go buy toilet paper. What do you think the market's gonna do? The market prices it says if demand goes up, prices go up too. Prices go up too. The line was is that they also stated that once demand goes up, supply goes up. That's the farce. <laughs> this is there's always these shortages. Why? Because markets are not good when shit hits the fan. We all know it's true. We can feel it in our fucking bones now. We can all fucking feel it now. Alright? Markets produce for, they produce for profit. Plain and simple. Alright? And then during a crisis, markets won't have the necessary supplies of goods and services. They just won't. By definition, they have been producing things that are of immediate profit. All right, Barbie dolls, makeup, shampoo, <laughs> cars. You know, fifty thousand ventilators are now profitable for the whole year. Okay, you really think a company it was gonna make a lot of money in twenty eighteen off of ventilators? Pfft. Okay, 
Alright. The nurses and doctors? What about them? After all, a pandemic requires everyone to be treated. <laughs> everyone has to be treated. Alright? It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. You have to contain it. You saw Dr. Felcher today, right? His, I, I put on a podcast already. His prediction. 100,000 dead. Right? 100,000 dead. Well... I think it's going to be substantially more than that. I don't think it's going to last as long as they're saying it, by the way. There's no way. There's no way. South Korea, it took them within... Look, look at what happens within two weeks of an action of, of Italy. And look how damaging it's been for them. Two weeks of an action. Two weeks. We're just now on... A just now. On April 1st. Start taking it seriously. <sighs> Here's Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci, should Americans be prepared for the likelihood that there will be 100,000 Americans who die from this virus? The, the answer is yes. We need as, as, as sobering a number as that is, we should be prepared for it. Is it going to be that much? I hope not, and I think the more we push on the mitigation, the less likelihood it would be that number. But as being realistic, we need to prepare ourselves that that is a possibility that that's what we will see. A very short period of time for that to happen. Right. Can the country handle that in such a short period of time, within a couple of months, yeah. 50,000 a month? You know, it will be difficult. I mean, no one is denying the fact that we are going through a very, very difficult time right now. I mean, we're seeing what's happening in New York. That is really, really tough. And if you extrapolate that to the nation, that will be really tough. But it, that's what it is, Jim, and we're going to have to be prepared for that. Yeah, I think because the model, that model that was from IHME, that's based and heavily laden by the data that has come in from New York and New Jersey and Connecticut. So, you know, that can skew to a higher peak and more significant mortality. If all of the other states are able, and all the other metro areas are able to hold that case number down, then it's a very different picture. But you have to predict on the data you have which is heavily skewed to New York and New Jersey. Getting back to that, that's really an important slide that Dr. Berg showed, the cluster of other cities that are not New York and not New Jersey. If we can suppress that from any kind of a spike, the numbers could be significantly lower than what we're talking about. Yes, some cities that are not following these guidelines. Right, and that's the reason my plea at the end of my remarks, Jim, that now is the time to put your foot on the accelerator because that's the only thing that's going to stop those peaks. And there you go, folks. I don't know. I don't know. Two weeks of an action of Italy, and look at them. They're from a short country, and they all have health care. They all have universal health care. People were getting treated. What were the problems? Not enough ventilators. 
Not enough doctors because the doctors got sick. Not enough nurses because the nurses got sick. Why? Because they're human beings, guys. I think it's a fucking joke. It's a fucking virus. A brand new one. <laughs> Unfortunately, it, yeah, it's contagious. And you know what? It's not like the flu. See, the false, the, the false logic regarding all this is when people bring up the flu. And they bring up flu statistics. Our car statistics, you know, car crashes. More people die from car crashes than our, you know, and do we stop them from driving? You know, I heard Mark Walsh make that argument, I think, on YouTube. Mark fucking Walsh making that argument. <laughs> Alright, well, he made it, and I, I remember thinking, I'm like, well, you know what's funny? Is that if they, these people actually care about logic and reasoning, they would know that you're quoting things off of past research and past sample sizes of things that we've already know about. This is something we don't know about. The sample sizes are literally right now happening as we speak. It is being studied as we speak. Therefore, we can't make that much predictions based off of the flu or any of that shit. I mean, come on. I mean, don't fall into the falsity. Don't fall into it. Don't let bad logic, fake logic as far as I'm concerned, bad reasoning, stop you. I've been quarantined ever since I've been laid off. This whole house has been. You all need to stay home. Thankfully, no. Dr. Fauci and the Trump administration is taking it as seriously and they're telling everyone, yeah, 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 please stay the fuck home. Florida enacting the stay-at-home order. Thank God. Finally. A little too late. That 100,000 number, you can kiss that number to goodbye. It's going to be much more. Much, much more. This pandemic was handled poorly and, and we all know it. And I don't even want to talk about the economic side. The economic side is horrible. I already saw my upstairs neighbor buying, carrying a giant ass rifle out of their truck up to their car. I asked them in Spanish. Thankfully I speak Spanish. And he told me yesterday that, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna keep my family homeless. I am not gonna allow my family to become, live on the streets. I know what he means. You know what, I've been thinking the same thing. My landlord comes over here. You don't think this whole family is going to jump on him? <laughs> this whole family won't do that. How dare you? How dare you? That's how people are feeling now. There's a huge sense of how dare you regarding this. And people will start to wake up. Yeah, you've been having your clocks cleaned. And I'm going to start outlining it in the next couple of podcasts. Hopefully with me and my girlfriend. We'll be outlining how we got to this point. How did the U.S. president get this much power? Why is the Democratic Party this incompetent? This lazy as far as I'm concerned? And why is it that the United States is far behind anyone else. Look at us. 
I have a lot of thoughts and opinions on this. Once I'm sober, I'll probably be able to be able to articulate them better. <laughs> so until then, see you later.